Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SoulConicast, episode 46, Tarot, part one. Ooh. I'm one of your co-hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Soulcana Fitness and Wellness. And I'm Lucia Hawley, nutritional therapy practitioner and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. Here we are. <laughs> Back at it. Another week has gone by. Yeah. Flew by, I think. Yeah. Actually, it's weird mm-hmm. how quickly it flew by. It was my deload week, and it really went fast, oh. so I'm not looking forward to next week. You know. <laughs> Strumpf. Strumpf. Yeah. All all the strength. All the time next week. How were your last seven days? Um, they were intense. There's like really great stuff and like kind of sad stuff and everything mixed in together. So it was like a big week in all the ways. Um and then because of it I got a little sick. So Aww. now I'm battling a little I feel fine now. But I you know, it was just like, Oh right, that's what happens when you get really stressed out. Your body's like, oh, no. Can we talk about your new friend that you got in your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like three hours ago, I got a orthotic fitted in my mouth. Um, It's been like two months in the making. Or it like took a month to make, literally, and it like traveled around the U.S. It like had to get shipped to Las Vegas, but it was made in D.C. So finally I have it here. It's to help realign my jaw because I got jaw stuff because maybe who doesn't? But I definitely do. Um, but I wore it when Hannah walked in. <laughs> it's big. It's big. Like, my teeth are totally separated. I can't really bite down yet. Um, and I have to relearn how to speak because I sound like Daffy Duck or Sylvester the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. Uh, well, okay. well, I, t- well, I took it up for the podcast. You'll get so, there. So, yeah, maybe there. next week we'll see how I do with it in. I yeah. don't know. How was your week? Fine. Uh, fine. Yeah, this past weekend I just went to my parents' house because it was, like, raining every day and I just laid around yeah. on the couch that's good yeah it was good and then I had a show last night I had a show on Saturday night I had a show on Sunday night so it's been a lot of shows mm. and they were all singing shows they were all singing improv shows so it was like Whoa. my voice is particularly tired today For I can't imagine singing a song right now so I won't <laughs> fine we won't make you I will not <laughs> next week um, but speaking of Vegas I'm going there tomorrow wow. so you amped not really. I mean, <laughs> sort of, but it seems like it's Vegas is the opposite of the type of place I'd want to spend time on purpose. Yeah. But you never know. You never know. I went there for the first time in December, and it was totally weird, but I had a blast. Yeah. I'm just going to stay open to it. Yeah. And my sister's actually going tonight, too. Oh, She's really? She's going to be there that, this weekend, too. Yeah. There's, like, also three other people from the gym that are going to be there. There's so many reasons people go to Vegas. Why? Like, why? <laughs> and my reason makes no sense. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We're going. We're also going to see Penn and Teller. We're pretty. We're pretty much going so that we can see Penn and Teller. Cool. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And I tried to see Celine Dion, but like a girl oh. cannot afford a six hundred dollar ticket. Ooh. So I might just one wait day. in line see if I can like win one or yeah. get one a rush ticket. I don't know. Cool. So today on the app, first of all, it's part one of a part two episode because we're gonna have because we have we know so many tarot readers at this point that we have to have two episodes for it. To talk about tarot. Yeah. Um, but on this episode, I'd like to welcome our guest, Cassandra Snow. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, 
Let's start by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how would you describe you? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, like everyone in my age group, pretty much just define myself through my work. I'm a <laughs> professional tarot reader and a freelance writer, and I run a theater company called Gadfly Theater Productions, and that is pretty much me. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and like also everyone else in our generation, you work very hard all the time on tons of creative stuff and probably are underpaid for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm woefully underpaid for running my own theater company. Yeah, right. Um, the other stuff could be better, but is fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, great, and just before we even get into it, where can people find information about booking a reading with you? Um, I do have a website. It's CassandraSnow.com. There is a hyphen between my first and last name. So it's Cassandra-Snow.com. Check it out. It's very good. It looks like you recently updated it. I did recently <laughs> update it. It looks good. Yeah, Thank I got you. got some new pics on there. I do. I have new pics. And then I did a bunch of like super official boring stuff I should have done a year ago, like resizing all my pictures so it right, doesn't right. crash people's <laughs> browsers and stuff like that. that. Really fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> In case you guys think running your own business is super glamorous, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, we know it's not. We know from firsthand experience. But if you're listening yeah. and you're pondering it, it's not so sexy. Spoiler. No. <laughs> so um, what is, what's the main thing that got you into tarot? Like, what was your tarot discovery process? Um, I actually grew up in the Bible Belt, and I grew up, but I grew up in a very passively, um, very Christian household. Um, with a very loving, accepting mother. Um, and so I just wasn't exposed to it. It wasn't a big deal once I did find it. Um, in college, I had a series of really traumatic events that happened pretty much back to back and really in a row. Um, and then a lot of it brought to a head a lot of sort of tumultuous stuff from my upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I was really just looking for anything that yeah, was going to yeah. give me answers or make me feel better. I fell really hard um, for a very short but kind of brutal time, fell very hard into like the conservative Christianity I was surrounded by. Um, but that rang really untrue really quickly for right. me. Um, and then a bunch of friends were just goofing off and they had, it was like a Lord of the Rings novelty deck. It wasn't even oh. a deck that now I would really right. use. Take seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some of those decks are great. I don't want to knock anyone listening who uses novelty decks. Like, yeah. some of them are great. They're just not really what I'm looking for or work with at this point. Um, but it was really weird. I was sitting with someone that I didn't know was going to also end up being just, like, her existence was a tr also a traumatic experience for me. Mm. But I didn't know that at the time. Um, and so it made me really uncomfortable, even though intuitively I did think that it was right and I was just kind of playing and using the book and stuff but some of the things that was predicting were really intense and again it was all stuff I knew it was all stuff in my own intuition but I wasn't really ready to face it um and then of course everything unfolded the way I can't it was such a weird time in my life I can't say everything unfolded exactly the way I expected but it ended up not being good and <laughs> being right. really traumatic um and I didn't touch it again for like a year and a half. Um, and then I fell in with a really good friend and we were at a used bookstore and she was like, I think you should try that again. And 
Um, there was a deck there I picked up, and it I won't knock that deck either. It's definitely not one I would use now. But <laughs> It was your um, first, first yeah. deck again. Yeah. Um, and so I picked up the used deck there. Um, and after that, I pretty much just always had a deck with me. I was always learning something. I was always, um, for a really long time, I did free readings and then... Um, I met a friend when I very first moved to the cities who ended up really changing my life. I was working a lot of day jobs and just really not happy. And she was like, I know that there's not really a ton of money in theater, but what if you just wrote and did tarot for a living? And I was like, that's what? (laughs) Who does that? Impossible. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, and besides, I'm not good enough to charge. And she was like, that is untrue. Um, And so... Um, that's when I ended up, it took a long time for her and a lot of people to convince me, but it was that conversation and just sort of her friendship. She's a freelance copywriter who's one of the most successful people I know. And seeing her success made me feel like, oh, maybe that is a thing people do. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, it's been, you know, it's only been the past couple of years that things have really, really worked out the way that I would want and the way that I needed. Um, that's always true when I think you start your own thing. It takes a long time to really get on your feet. I have mm-hmm. a steady tarot gig at the Eye of Horus, which is a really great metaphysical shop in Uptown. Um, I, the, they're so kind in there. Yeah. For If you're, like, trying to dip your toe into that world, they're like, come in. Yeah. Come in. They don't make you feel... <laughs> judged at all for not knowing like what a crystal does (laughs) well and they all really really love to talk about stuff so they like when people don't know anything or they're just like tell me things they they like really just getting to rattle off so um and then I also teach tarot now I have a workshop coming up on um some saucier topics at the in the tarot at the smitten kitten in august saucier topics (laughs) um it's pretty much what you'd expect from the smitten kitten (laughs) but um i'm really excited about that i have a queering the tarot workshop i do for lgbtq plus readers um and also just for readers who just want to be able to access client stuff easier um and that is coming up again <laughs> details have not been set but if you go to my website or follow me on Facebook You'll you will find, find out <laughs> um, and then I write a series called Queering the Tarot also that um, goes much much more in depth than like one class does right um, and that's at the column which is T-H-E-C-O-L-U dot M-N okay <laughs> um, yep yep and then littleredtarot.com is also where it's found. Okay. Awesome. And so when you first get into, or what, what um, sprouted the need for, like, queering the tarot? Or what, what limitations do you see that tarot has that you have found a way to work around or through? Um, that's a little, fr- so because I am a really queer person and I am the sort of obnoxious queer person that, like, everything in my life is kind of filtered through that lens and, like, there's a lot of TV I can't even watch because it's about straight people, and I just don't get it. I'm like, are they really like that? I don't I don't know. And just turn, change the channel. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I think the answer is no. <laughs> um, but I have really no concept um, other than a few friends, and because I'm in the arts, even my friends' lives are not yeah, no. <laughs> that. No. Um, so, but there were... So I had always looked at it through that lens. When I started reading for other people, I found that they were getting really caught up in like, oh, but that says king 
but I only date women or vice versa or whatever. And then there was a few cards that I had kind of taken at face value that were about structure or government or something like that. And LGBTQ plus friends and clients would be like, oh, I don't like that at all. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, yeah. So it just kind of made me rethink a lot and go through a lot. And it has really radicalized my approach to tarot overall. Everything when people come in is hyper personal, hyper approachable. Um, I like to talk about it in a way that if you were to 10 years later pick up a card you got you would kind of remember something still so just like a super approachable way to um and I think it's also made me a better reader for disabled people or POC or things like that too because you can see how a lot of those same structures are oppressive and yeah because there are those built-in like matriarchal patriarchal yeah. structures within the tarot yeah so that seems interesting to me like the yeah. king and the queen and yeah even the some of the um tell me if I'm wrong like the page cards are always or like the princess role yeah you know she's always very like she's kind of like girly yeah doesn't have her stuff together yeah yeah. so how do you navigate around those built-in things the pages are actually a little bit trickier for me because the way to sort of radicalize them or bring them new is by kind of taking away that they represent people and just looking at the energy of it um, because of that, they then look very, very similar to the aces of the suits. Mm. Um, but there are some differences that um, you see there. A lot of it, honestly, is I use a lot of newer decks, a lot of decks meant for LGBTQ plus people, a lot of decks um, that are just super feminist and are like, I reject that the king is the leader of this suit. Right. Um, I'm actually getting a review deck for Little Red Tarot in the mail that does, um, I forget exactly because I don't have the deck yet, but it does like um, knight, prince, princess, queen. Like there's not a king at all. And so <laughs> I'm like awesome. really interested in that. So and does the queen that. take on the role that yeah. the king cards normally do? Kind of, yeah. Um, but when I actually look at a deck too, the way I learn new decks, I kind of look at what they're doing with the court cards, um, which are normally, if for those listening that don't know, they're normally page or knave or princess is the first one, and then knight and then king and queen. Um, And they all tend to be really just sort of gendered the way you would expect. A lot of decks in sort of the feminist resurgence of the 70s did did start doing a lot of female knights and stuff, which early on my path just made me very happy I thought it was very attractive and um but just changing the gender isn't quite enough sometimes right right, right. um I forgot where I was going with that I'm so sorry oh just you're getting a review deck oh yeah yeah. um yeah (laughs) I I think one of the decks you use a lot is the slow holler deck that's one I use primarily for me, but it doesn't have a court system at all. It right. has, like, mm. um, student, traveler, architect, and visionary. That's cool. I love that, yeah. And that one is designed... Like, what's the story behind that deck? Um, that is a collaborative deck by queer, primarily POC artists from the South. So growing up in the South, there is a lot that when I moved to the Midwest, I kind of forgot or shoved down that I really did love about my upbringing and that I really did really resonate with when I was there. And so 
it's interesting because for a lot of LGBTQ plus people that are still, you know, early in their earlier in their process, dealing with a lot of internalized um, stuff. Um, I think it is meant to be a reawakening in that way. But for me, it was like it just brought back all of this stuff that I had just like shoved and kind of thrown away and thought wasn't a part of me anymore. Um, that deck is really great, too. I know for a lot of us who are marginalized in any way or even just in really strong communities like the arts community or the fitness community or things like that, um, there is so much more emphasis on our lives on building community and on building sort of stuff around us. And in most other decks, things are very personal and one-on-one, -on -one, but the Slow Holler really, really looks at, like, what is your place in the collective? What is your mm. place in how we're all supposed to be moving forward right now? Wow. And so it's really, really good for anyone who's um, in any sort of community building, yeah. which really is almost anyone at right. this point, right. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. That's cool, though. It just kind of reconceptualizes what you could be looking at with tarot. Yeah. And oh, yeah. For me, I'm someone, I feel like Hannah knows so much more about tarot. So any of this, I'm just like, huh? Yeah. Teach, teach me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I feel like I still have so much more to learn. Like, even mm -hmm. just... How long do you think it took you to really feel like you truly understood the cards? And maybe that's a question that is impossible to answer because you're always learning more. <laughs> um, I think a lot of stuff just in my life overall got broken open when I actually just hit an age where I realized that like you are always learning stuff. You'll never fully grasp some things. Um, but in terms of like when I felt like, oh, wait, I actually can read for other people, go professional, etc. Um, I think it probably took about four years of pretty intense study. It also, I think, takes more than that. I think it takes finding the right deck, the deck that is like mm -hmm. yours to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and now I work with all kinds of decks. I bring in new ones all the time. But I think finding that one that you connect with and therefore can really learn and grow with um, sure. is every bit as important as like the amount of time with it. For me, it was actually... Um, a really traditional deck that I do still use. It's one of my only ones that's <laughs> like very, you know, king, queen, knight <laughs> uh, page um, called the Spiral Tarot. Um, but I really connected to it spiritually because it was so much about cycles of life and coming back to things. And um, I connected with it for that reason. And it also was just beautiful. And it also is just one of those things. Spirituality in general is weird. You don't know what's going to latch on to you. So there I was with this, with all of my like queer radicalism with this like super traditional like, yeah. <laughs> deck. Um, but that was the one that really kind of revolutionized me. So I think when you can go in, in and playing with new decks and finding one that is going to be the one. And then once I had that one, it honestly was like six to eight months before I was like, oh, no, yeah, sure. I can do this. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then you were looking at it more often and yeah. studying it. So um, what are some of the the biggest challenges you face when you read for other people? Um, I've been very, very blessed. <laughs> um in terms of the type of clients I have and the kind of questions they're asking, um, I think tarot is best used for healing and for empowerment and more for advice or guidance than for just straight up like, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think people's expectations are one of the big things um, yeah. that I deal with and people wanting more like fortune teller stuff, which... Right. I do think I can do, but I also have really bad anxiety. So, like, I do kind of sit there freaking, like, what if I'm wrong the whole time? Right. Um, 
which is not a way you feel when you're really guiding people through the present or like guiding them into their own future. Um, so that's one. I think my own anxiety in general when it's someone new, um, but that's a personal thing that I just deal with even if I just meet someone at a bar or something. I'm like, I'm never going to get through this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think the other thing is, you know, for years I had a really hard time with bad news. I really don't anymore. Um, or if someone's like, it feels like my relationship isn't working out or it feels like this job really isn't for me. In the beginning, I had a lot of trouble like confirming that they were right. Mm -hmm. But now I'm usually like, okay, I'm just going to give this to you straight and then we'll pull a few more cards to see what you can actually do to like process this and feel better about it. That's that's Um, really interesting to hear you say. I was (laughs) on this trip recently and um, some of the people on the trip like asked me to, because they saw I had a tarot deck with me and they asked me to read for them and I was like, well, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. But um, one of the guys, I just pulled like one card because he was staying later than everybody else in uh, when we were in Costa Rica. He was staying oh, sure. later than everybody else. He's basically like, I just want to know if I'm going to have a good few days by myself. And the card that I pulled was like, no, <laughs> you are not, you are not, you are going to get into trouble. And I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. just like, what did you end up doing? I just said, you know, it's going to be, you're going to come up, you might meet some interesting folks who challenge you. Yeah. And then it ended up being that, like, his flights were all canceled or delayed. Oh, yeah. And, like, his luggage got lost. Like, everything went oh. wrong that could have gone wrong. And I, you know, I didn't really see that, like, from my reading, but I was just like, oh, no, something bad is going to happen. <laughs> something that you can't predict or control. Yeah. And, yeah, I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I just, and he was like, okay. So, <laughs> it's not like I could change it for him. Right. But. Well, and I think there is a way, too, to be like, let's see how you can still maximize that or, like, what can you learn from that experience or something like that. Most people are still pretty open to that. Mm-hmm. Um I also think with, like, much more experience, you would be able to be like, oh, it could be a good couple of days, but you're also going to have a lot of travel mishaps or, like, would be able to break it down a little more specifically. Yeah, yeah. The card just came up, and I was like, this is not good. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, like, the fool inverse or something like that. And I was Mm. like, oh, God, for, like, a one-card reading, and I don't know how to help you. (laughs) So, uh, well... Let's just take it back to something even more basic that people might be wondering, which is like, what is the underlying premise of tarot? Or does it, is it like connected to a certain type of spirituality or where, where did it come from? Um, so there's actually a lot of debate about that. There's a lot of conversation. We don't really know. Um, you know, there's a lot of thought that it did come from Romani culture. There's a lot of thought that there were cards originally found in Egypt In both cases, those seem to be more like traditional playing cards, which became a system of divination that we call the Lenormand, Mm. um, which is not a system I read with that has just never spoken to me. But I like having Lenormand readers do my cards because I'm not going to be like questioning it the whole time or like, that's not what that card means to me, (laughs) Um, which I'm admittedly a little bad about. Um, In terms of an actual system of tarot, it was actually developed as a parlor game. In Europe, I don't even, I'm so, dates and geography are the things I'm the absolute worst at. But (laughs) at some point in the world's history, it was (laughs) developed into a formal system in Europe. Um, And that's where it comes from. At that time, Europe would have been like really Christian, really sort of almost conservative. Um, 
it was the time like right around like the Inquisition and all of that. So um, it was actually originally was tied to Christianity. Um, but because it had this background of, you know, this was stuff that other countries did that wasn't Christian and this other stuff, it just sort of got talked down to and talked over over time. Um, it saw a really big, anytime there's been a really big social movement in the U.S., it's had a really big resurgence here. And so I think it's interesting that when you're living through a lot of big news changes and stuff, um, it's easy to miss stuff. But I think the tells are like, what is paganism doing? What is divination doing? Um, and if it's booming, there's probably a reason for that. And that is a time that we're in now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the second um, that Trump got elected, that's when I bought my first deck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. I better figure it out on my own then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that that's for a lot of reasons. I picked up mine in a relatively calm time in our history. Um, but that was very, very traumatic for me personally. And that is a very common story you hear as well. But there's a lot of people when just like things get wild in the world, they um, will pull their own stuff and start. Um, it's most often considered to be tied to like witchcraft and paganism. And I do consider myself a witch. I am very, very pagan. But a lot of my clients are Christian. I have a client who sees not only me, but my very best friend in the world is a Reiki healer. Um, and she sees both of us um, and just graduated from seminary this mm. week, actually. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> yeah, you, if you're listening. But um, And so, you know, it definitely doesn't have to be ascribed to any one faith. It does have a history of being, like, very ancient paganism or very ancient forms of, like, spiritualism and witchcraft. But it also has that history of being very tied to this very sort of religiously conservative Christian mm -hmm. period of time, too. So that is really open to interpretation. Um I also have a client who was a staunch atheist. He posts stuff about it all the time. But there's a lot of theory, too, that it actually comes from your own subconscious. It comes yeah. from your own psyche. Um, and I believe all of that. I do think that it comes from sort of a higher... I believe it comes from some of the gods that I work with um, in terms of my own gifts and readings. But I also do think there's a really strong psychological element to it. Like I said, the first time I picked up a deck, I knew everything that it was showing me. I just was like... I should have been ready to hear it, but I wasn't. Sure. Um, and so I think so much of it is about you. And that's a lot of my own spiritual belief, too. I think that's why any sort of form of prayer or spiritual work works is because you believe in it and you work at it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I do think that that's very true of tarot, too. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like, who really firmly believe only some people have intuitive gifts or psychic gifts um, and that if you have them, you should use them. Um, and a lot of people who think that anyone can if they're connected to a specific or a certain divine. So whatever works for you is really what's going to work for you in the tarot as well. And do you think that the tarot can play, I mean, what type of role do you think the tarot can play in like a a self-care you know system <laughs> or as a self-care strategy um I think it's really important it's super important to my own self-care um I get readings pretty regularly from other people and um I'm pretty picky about who I trust there are admittedly a lot of scam artists out there as well so I'm a little picky um but for 
I think it is, there's a lot of components that go into that. I think some of it is like sometimes you just need someone to sit with you for an hour and talk about you and get yeah. you to clear your mind and focus on that. And I do sometimes think it is that simple of just like, of course, a bunch of stuff is going to rise to the surface because this is the first time you've had for you that wasn't surrounded by kids or coworkers or I just have a very lively friend group, but that's enough sometimes <laughs> for my super introverted self. And so... Um, I do think just having someone sit down with you is really important. I think doing your own is really important pretty much for the same reason. Like it is quality alone time. But if you are more extroverted, it also like you are getting that information from elsewhere. It's mm -hmm. not all just coming from sitting and being with yourself. Um, I also think, though, in terms of sort of healing and growth and things like that, it is just one of many tools that exist. Um, but it is a tool where you can get information about where you need to heal, where you need to focus your self-care, where you need to be growing and working on yourself. Um, and then there is, you know, when you look at the more divinatory side, which is the side I consider the more sort of like what other people would call fortune telling or looking more at the future. Um, I do think when you're reading for yourself, there is a really important idea that, A, you probably do know a lot of this and are not willing to come to terms with it. Um, but I also think it's one of those things I like, it is sometimes better to be prepared. And the times I have not wanted to turn to tarot or it was like, I know I should not be dating this girl or like, yeah. I know I should not take this job, but I really need the money. Um, and so I think using it as a way to just really assess your own decisions, um, is really valuable as well. Yeah. Does it ever take an, an emotional toll on you as, as someone who's reading for other people, like really diving into their thing all the time? Um, I'm really, I'm really empathic. And so when I first, which means I like actually take on other people's emotions. And then there's a really unhealthy side to that too, because I did have a traumatic upbringing. My mom's a wonderful person and I'm allowed to talk about this. It's part of our like healing, mm -hmm. but she's also a really um, pretty bad alcoholic for years and years and severely bipolar. Um, and so that forms a lot of codependence when you're a child being raised in that setting. And so between my own codependence, I'm also a Pisces and I do believe in astrology and Pisces are just incredibly empathetic and empathic, like on their own, <laughs> um, without sort of any other things on top of the fact that that just is who I am. When I started, it was really difficult and I could really only take like a client a day or every couple of days. And then when I was really going through a lot of my own codependence, and a lot of my own stuff, um, it was very hard to not like think about and want to like fix other people's mm -hmm. problems in yeah. really inappropriate ways. Mm -hmm. um, like when I first started, I was like, I could just call that professor for him. Like, no, I can't. That's <laughs> not my job. Right. And that's not going to solve that person's problem. And yep. it's really invasive and not okay also. <laughs> um, so that was a really big struggle in the beginning. Um, over time, through spiritual means, I've kind of figured out how to put spiritual guards around myself and put emotional guards around my heart chakra and stuff like that. Um, and then at some point too, and some of this is just aging and some of it is therapy and dealing with all of my stuff. <laughs> um, but at some point too, I think for most people, a switch does get flipped where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just gonna yeah. shut this part mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Um, and I do think my empathy serves me well in a lot of cases, but I am very good at kind of like leaving it in the space. Yeah.
Yeah, and just saying, okay, well, that's to them now. Yeah. Um, I do know a lot of readers who struggle. I do know a lot of readers who will do great if people are asking, like, which job I should take or which partner I should pursue or, you know, I think I'm ready to come out of the closet, but I want to make sure, like, questions that most people really do want to know more positive things. Um, and so when that occasional client that is has, like, either a really big thing or really needs some pretty intense healing, it really does throw them. Um, and I do think it's just time and learning what mm -hmm. works for you to right. shut that boundary and to keep those sort of guards and boundaries up. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a lot worse about it just in life with my friends sure. or like even just in life. <laughs> play um, play therapist a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, now it is at the point where it is like the reverse of what you'd think. Like walking through my life as a Pisces who grew up like I did is really difficult. Um, but reading tarot was fine. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, with that, should we? Yes, let's do it. But I have I have one question. Okay. Going okay. back to what you were saying, too. So what what could someone be looking out for? Because you mentioned that there are a lot of scam artists. Mm -hmm. So what could someone be looking out for? What what would a scam artist be doing? Um, I think trusting yourself is really key. Um, a lot of it comes down to your own intuition. Our gut instinct is there for a reason. It tells you if something is safe or good. And I think if you're nervous, that's one thing. But if you're just like inside of you is screaming to run away, you probably should. <laughs> and so... That's the biggest thing. Um, I think otherwise, sometimes you don't know until you get into it. There are actually are a couple people working in the city. One of them does really cheap readings, but then will tell you that there is a curse on you and you have to pay her like $250 to get rid of it. Oh, Whoa. no. Yeah. <laughs> Love um, that. And so I think, you know, people need to know that that's not true. There has very rarely been a curse on you. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> if you... Oh, that's just a great phrase. <laughs> yeah. I mean. um, if you really feel like there has been, you can definitely remove that yourself <laughs> without um, paying someone $250. And then... Um, anytime someone wants you to like leave their space that they're reading in without them, that's not a good sign. Um, I heard a horror story out of Hopkins the other day of this woman who convinced this other woman to like go to a department store and open a credit card and like stood over there and like watched her information the whole time. And Whoa. so if anyone tries to take you out of the space they're reading in, like don't do like no. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, very weird. That sounds like uh, mm -hmm. in mall rats, the, the like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, but I think the biggest things are like, I struggle too with my, some of the stuff I tell people to look out for scam artists because of like the economy politics I have or the financial politics I have. Um, it can seem very classist, but like you really should be looking for someone with a website. Um, you should look for recommendations from people you know. I do know some really good readers who either don't have the money or don't believe in paying Google all of their money yeah. that are legitimate good readers, but you'll know who they are because you'll go into sort of like a socialist or anarchist community and be like, who should I hire to do this? And people will know, yeah. Yeah. they'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so definitely look for people that like have testimonials on their website or are coming from people you know. Um, 
the website should look fairly new or like they put some time into it or put some effort into it. Um, not everyone can afford super professional headshots, but they should still have their own face on their website somewhere. Um, and in 2017, too, a lot of people are foregoing websites for like Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, etc. And that's totally fine. Um, you just again, you want to see someone's face a few times before yeah. you just jump in. Um, and you want to see sort of like testimonials and stuff like that too and people are a little weird about tarot testimonials I have a lot of very happy clients Mm. but a lot of them are a little iffy about putting their name and face and website like linked to um, a tarot website particularly clients I have in like finance or corporate sure. worlds or right. things they want, like they that. They don't want to be not taken seriously. Right. Um, and a lot of ones who work in like social work or work with kids just because even if they don't care if someone were to find out that right. could be an issue. So there's a lot of reasons that it might not be as good as it could be. Um, but there still should be something that makes you feel like this person is legit. I know I've had trouble getting people to turn in headshots but the ones who like run their own businesses and stuff all have links back to their websites right, on sure. my website so awesome well let's uh let's get a reading let's do it great i like this deck that you have it's it's circular it yeah. is um this is the mother piece tarot i wanted to bring one that would be a little easier and cheaper for people to find um, okay they did want to use it cool um it is one that is semi-mass produced um but it's not through one of the it's not through one of the companies you'd expect, I don't think. I forget who it's through, but it is round. It's called the Mother Piece. It actually came out of like second wave feminism in the um, uh, like 60s and 70s. And that is also an era I tend to avoid a little bit because sure. there is a lot of yep. white supremacy and other yeah, issues sure with is. that era. Yep. Um, this deck, however, does not do that. It's cool. actually really great. Um, and it is a more, I mentioned before we started recording, but it is one that is much more sort of spiritual, spiritually imbued. Um, there's a lot of very modern, straightforward. Um, the chariot means your car. <laughs> like, <laughs> this card can indicate your actual home. And I love, love, love those decks. I read with them all the time. And of course, they still make metaphors and stuff. <laughs> but um, for today, I wanted to bring one that was a little more woo steep. That's great. Yeah, we, love <laughs> we, we love the woo. <laughs> So should we ask a specific question? Um, probably should since I'm doing, I assume, a shorter one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the specific question maybe would be like, um, what kind of steps should we take to make this podcast better? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. That. And make it more fulfilling for us and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. So I'm going to have each of you shuffle a couple of times. And so that the listeners have something to listen to while you do that. Um, I will talk a couple of minutes just about what to do if you're prepping or thinking about getting a tarot reading from someone else. Um, And then I will hand it first to Hannah. Um, And while you're shuffling and you can shuffle any way you're comfortable, um, you guys can't see this, obviously, but I'm (laughs) just moving them around. I'm not doing like a bridge shuffle or anything like that. Um, And think about where the podcast is now, where you'd like it to be, what your goals for it are. Um, And then just hand them off and then you hand them back when you're ready. Okay. Um, And for those listening, if you are getting or prepping for your own reading, you don't always need your own question or have specifics about what you want to learn or things like that. Um, I do think it's incredibly valuable to have goals for the reading. 
to know why you're going to a reader, sort of what you want to find out, even in the intangible. I go sometimes and I'm sometimes it is like stuff is wrong. (laughs) What is it and how do I make it not wrong? And that's super vague, but that's still something for the reader to work with. Um, But sometimes my goals are I'm doing really great in one area of my life and not another. Um, Or they are just where am I and where are things going? But just having something that the reader can latch on to. Each of the 78 cards in the deck can also be reversed. And each, so it becomes double that. Math is similar to dates for me. But (laughs) um, (laughs) the other thing is um, each card even just going one way can mean 15 different things depending on what you're talking about so giving it a little aim really helps too and that's pretty much it things can still be vague um and it looks like we are ready and then i like to cut the deck so there's two sides which deck are you most attracted or or which stack are you most attracted to great same All right, so the first row I'm laying down is stuff for, I believe I did this one for Hannah before actually, but it's stuff you can, I could be wrong, it's stuff you can work on now. We did, yeah, we did this one. Um, The next one up is what to think about moving forward, Um, and then the top is actually what the goals should be and what those look like, Um, and what you should actually be focusing on. And so sometimes I start there, which I'll do today, um, a card at the top, the three of discs in the mother piece, the way I read that is through really solid collaboration and really building things one step at a time. And when you do that, A, you do see success, but B, a little bit of a spotlight gets turned on you too, a little bit of a sort of um, attention, praise, things you weren't expecting really comes through. And while that is there in this card, Um, that's not necessarily where we want to focus. We do want to focus on sort of what collaboration really looks like and what that step-by-step looks like. Um, But it also might be good to start thinking about and making goals for like what your marketing outreach for it looks like and what that is since we do see a little bit of a spotlight. Mm -hmm. With a spotlight and more attention, there's a card crossing that one, which is the second card I just lay on top of it. It also is not quite crossing when you use a round deck, but (laughs) um, sitting on top of it. Um, There's a card that is the Five of Wands. This is a card that does indicate a lot of conflict. It does indicate a lot of um, kind of conflicting ideals and things like that. So that warns us of what you'll be looking at, sort of when that success or when that spotlight does come. And so I do think that no one who has a name on the internet really (laughs) lasts a long time without getting a lot of just sort of dissenting opinions that are a little bit aggressive and a little bit angry. Um, And so I think if any of your fear is like, I want to be able to say what I want without repercussion, which is totally valid, um, working through that fear and knowing that that can't really happen if you do want the podcast to be as successful as you want. And so kind of prepping yourself for those more aggressive opinions as well. Um, Again, that's all what we should be working towards and what we should be looking at. Where we are now and the choices that you have now, um, we got a card called the Lovers that in a lot of decks is really straightforward and is about attraction and working on attracting people to the podcast and working on 
sort of building the rapport that the two of you have together and how that works, your rapport with um, guests, etc. Um, but it's also about choices. There comes a point in the lover's card where things have gone on as they will for a while and then the the choice of like what path are we taking together are we taking a path together in this case I think you are but um what does that look like and what choices actually can be made right now so if you want things to be even better I think just getting very clear about what choices are at hand I don't know enough about podcasting to really know what that might be but Um, knowing what they are and then making a decision together. And sometimes there will have to be compromises, Matt, or we're like, okay, we'll go your way on one thing and my way on this other thing. Um, But that is really key is the two of you doing that together. Um, Finding topics you're really, really passionate about is going to be really important too. I think that you've maybe, you know, I admittedly haven't listened to a ton, but um, I think if you've been doing like, oh, well, this would be good to do on a Sulkana podcast, or I think some of our re- our listeners <laughs> might like um, this, but it's not been stuff you've really been passionate about or been really on fire for. Um, that's definitely something that needs to change in the immediate, just finding stuff that you yourself are really, really excited about. Um And I think that, you know, from when we were chatting before, you do both have a really sort of strong, this is such an overused phrase, but just kind of a strong lust for life and a strong just sort of vitality and energy about you. And so making sure that the passion that you have just for living um, is coming through really loud and clear on the podcast. And that might mean... Um, this is a card, it's the Son of Wands, that doesn't have a ton of follow-through sometimes, so that might mean things you really started being committed to in the beginning because it was the right thing to do for this type of podcast. Maybe that's not what you're doing anymore, and maybe Mm -hmm. that's what you're not as interested in. And so, you know, there's sort of an element of let the dying things die (laughs) at hand um, that is really, really key. Um, There's a lot about sort of partnership in this entire spread. We're also at the Two of Wands now. And that can mean just sort of there is a restless energy. Um, I almost think with all of this sort of fiery energy and lust for life stuff, if you could even, a fun thing to do might be if you could find a way to like travel together and do something um, sort of on location somewhere cool or not do it here every time. That would be really, really amazing. And because, again, we have that wands, that fire, that excitement, um, and we have the two of you doing fun stuff together and just (laughs) stuff that really works for both of you. Um, It is a card about acknowledging that sometimes when that restlessness or that wanderlust does kick in, um, that is indicative that we're maybe a little bit bored. And so it's time to start really planning and thinking about the next phase and what that actually is to you and what that actually looks like. That's all stuff for now, Um, and I do want to say, too, that if anyone reads or anything like that, um, I'm just doing super kind of base level stuff so that people who don't can kind of keep up with what's going on. Um, And also, this is a spread meant for focus, which means I can't go into every single definition of every card (laughs) because we want them to focus. Um, Your next phase, so... Once these things have been accomplished, once you have these new exciting ideas, once you've made these decisions together, once you're bringing your whole heart and passion into it, and you feel comfortable about that for a couple months, well, what next? What do you do? Um, There is a card about 
It's the Two of Swords, which indicates um, a little bit of a stalemate. It shows, too, that one or both of you might have this energy where you just get bored or you just get restless, and it has nothing to do with the podcast or each other or anything else, but that just is the nature. So how can you find a way to kind of focus and still be committed to this thing you are doing that does seem to be something you enjoy and something you want to improve and are passionate about? Um between the stuff you got about between all those wands in the first row and between this one also being a card of really sort of clearing your mind and knowing when to take a leap of faith without looking behind you and using your logic every five seconds and <laughs> sort of overanalyzing um, what topics have you been might be a little more controversial. What have you been afraid to take on? What have you been afraid to really bring on to the podcast? Um, it's not time now, but it's definitely time to start making that list and thinking about that for a few months down the road, mm -hmm. um, particularly for any sort of community or anything like that that you really love. We also got the Shaman of Cups, which is someone who heals through art and through love and has this great, great healing energy. It also has a ton of emotions imbued in it, too. It has mm. a ton of sort of... Um, really I think being more vulnerable being more yourselves and knowing that that will help lead other people through stuff that they're going through too that will help people um, come to terms with their own stuff there does seem to be a little bit more of um, an artistic focus or like bringing your other passions that aren't necessarily related to Sulkana onto the podcast mm -hmm. um, ultimately though this is a card of love this is a card of sort of reaching peak emotional satisfaction and so I think if there's a guest that totally doesn't make sense, except you think they could talk about stuff you want to talk about, but you really just like love them and want to spread their love, their message, whatever, everywhere, definitely think about bringing those people on too. Um, and this is one that in a longer reading, I'd probably think over for a while and probably kind of come back to you at the end with some more stuff, um, just because it was a little bit puzzling to get in this position um, because it is normally like a person or, um, sort of a movement or like a really big energy or idea um but i think the big thing is bringing that art into it bringing your own vulnerability your own emotions into it and knowing that that is still healing that is still leading that is still bringing people through that um and all of that will take you to that goal where you do go slowly one step at a time up the there's a ladder in the picture but <laughs> one step at a time up that um, and not being afraid of any conflict that does come up when you approach these scarier topics that we talked about on this second row. Well, that's a lot of information. It's <laughs> good. Very informative. I feel like we're both like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yep, these yep. are things you've yep. talked about. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and what I really love about tarot is it gives you a lot of specific sort of almost silly-seeming ideas like, mm. why don't you two take a trip and do something yeah, out of water? Really should. Yeah, no, it never gives you permission to like, why don't you go have fun for a little while? Yeah, yeah. and do your podcast from the fun place. <laughs> yeah. And so um, – I think that that, so it gives you, you know, sort of like very small advice like that, but it also gives you much bigger things about working through fear of conflict or that spotlight really being shown on you in that way. Yeah. Um, so, and with the spread I did too, which also comes from littleredtarot.com. I did not write it. Beth mm -hmm. did. <laughs> um, That's great. Um, yeah. So, and normally when you read for people, do they, do they then like get, find more questions from the reading that you dig deeper in or like? A lot of times, and I kind of use my judgment, sometimes people ask quote-unquote new questions. I almost just did the fingers. That's not <laughs> helpful. Um, but 
that are really just them rehashing the old ones and trying right. to get a different sure. answer if they like, ask tell me a different the, way. What I wanted to hear, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, or they'll be like, I hate when people come to me for romantic advice and I, I give it to them and it's not great. And then they're like, um, like the advice is solid, it's just not what they wanted to hear. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what if I make this huge change to myself or my life? And I'm like, don't do that yeah. for yeah. love. Like, no, no. You should not have to do that. Like, just from <laughs> personal experience, do not yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of use my judgment, like, is this a new question or not? Yeah. But sometimes it is just an overburden of information. Sometimes people will come to me. I do get a lot of people coming in, regardless of faith, about their spiritual lives. And I use this deck a lot for that. Um, but we'll get through this huge hour-long spiritual session, um, and there will have been like tears and stuff like that. And then they'll be like, "Can I ask about my love life real quick?" And I'm like, mm, "Let's not yeah, let's today save that right. for when you're not um, raw." And it's yeah. in no way me trying to get more business. I'm not going to be upset if they go see someone else for a quick reading or something like that about it. It just, you know, you need time to digest that information. Yeah. You need time to figure that out. It's like processing you have to do. However, particularly when people are asking about business or artistic projects, like it's actually pretty common. Like you can obviously get intellectually overloaded and overstimulated. It happens all the time, but it's a lot less common and a lot less common through tarot where worst case scenario, you forget some of the minor points. So yeah, <laughs> if right. people have questions, we can just keep going. Right. Well, this is great. Thank you so much for yeah. the reading. Oh, You're welcome. And for, I feel like I learned so much today about Good. you and about tarot. <laughs> yes. Good. Um, just remind us again, your website name and then your Instagram handle. It's K the number eight y w o m p u s um and then my website is cassandrasnow.com with a hyphen between cassandra and snow and then um my facebook is semi-active uh, or it's very active it just is very self-promotional but if you just want to know um, which, according to social media managers, is not the way to run a Facebook page. Um, <laughs> so, but if you do just want to know where I am, if you forgot the website or Instagram or anything like that, it's just uh, Tarot by Cassandra Snow or something like that will get you there. Awesome. 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 Thank yeah. you. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank, Thank you all for having me. And we this really appreciate the insights. Yeah. Sure do. Uh, sure do. <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in. And you should definitely check out those pages because Cassandra's great. And she'll meet with you and, and open up your whole mind. <laughs> and make you think about things really hard for like months and months <laughs> and months. <laughs> uh, and thank you to Taj, who is, who is the, qu the queen of swords. She just gets right to the point. Um, and all of you for tuning in. Uh, you should find us on, on iTunes if you haven't yet. And yeah. you can always add a review in there. Super easy. Just type a few things. Yeah, just type a few things. And hit enter. And we're on Facebook, no too. Uh, so check us out next week when we come back for Tarot Part 2 with Amy Kay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye. Sulkana Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulcanacast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.